Hey everybody, we were once called Final Frontiers. Now we are Here Come the Warm Gents. We're still talking about Alias, still the only people that are on the internet talking about Alias, and so far we have not yet been sued, Warm Gents or otherwise. So stay tuned and have a good listen. Hey, Internet. <laughs> Welcome to Final Frontiers, Internet's first and only Alias podcast. I'm Matthew. And this is Mitchell. Today we are discussing Alias Season 1, Episode 18, Masquerade, written by Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orci. little upset that you didn't uh, sing that like the Phantom of the Opera song. I don't know that song. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> Directed by Craig Zisk. Craig Zisk, Weird Career. Mostly directed uh, Showtime hour-long prestige dramas, Weeds, Nurse Jackie, United States of Terra. <laughs> Things that are known for just falling off after two or three seasons. The Big C, Shameless. He also directed his share of must-see TV. Really? Including Just Shoot Me, Suddenly Susan, and 13 episodes of a little show that co-starred Bitter Beerface, <laughs> The Single Guy. He also directed two episodes of Felicity, and he's going to direct three more episodes of Alias. I think we like him. After this one. He's a director after our own interests. Yeah, he is. All right, uh, God damn you. Yeah. All right. So Wikipedia summary, weirdly identical to the TV Guide summary. <laughs> weirdly. Uh, as, if were, as, if, as if it were copy and paste. As if it, yeah. were, if it were easy to do such a thing. It wasn't easy to do that with Encyclopedia Britannica. No, you would uh, get your ass handed to you. Yeah. By Mrs. Eilers. <laughs> Did that happen to you? Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia summary. While on a case to track the activities of Casanau, also known as The Man, Sydney runs into her ex-lover, Noah Hicks. Oh, oof. Did they just lay the spoilers on you? He broke her heart and left without saying goodbye five years earlier. Meanwhile, Sydney tells Sloane that she wants to find her mother. Jack is ordered to see CIA psychiatrist Dr. Barnett to help him deal with his churning emotions after discovering that his <laughs> wife may still be alive. And Will and Francie become suspicious of Sydney's activities after finding one of her airline ticket stubs. Then that's all the beats right there. Why are we that's, even doing this? That's, that's kind of it. <laughs> In case you just spent uh, 43 minutes watching this and you forgot most of what happened, as I did. As uh, I did as well. <laughs> very, very handy. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, let's and, do and, this. Any, any thoughts from the top? We're watching her uh, watch the sunrise from a matte backdrop. So this, uh, like Sydney on this on top of Mount Sebastian, mm -hmm. she calls the FBI. <laughs> it's about a fugitive you're looking for, and that fugitive's Hold, name please. is me. <laughs> and, and then I guess she just waits on the mountain, and then somebody gets her by helicopter. I bet you every motherfucking other day there's someone claiming to be. It's uh, about a fugitive. It's me. I'm D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I jumped out that plane. I got the money. All the time. Yeah. And uh, a hell of a lot of plot happening at the beginning of this episode. Was there? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to remember. Yeah. Well, it's just like this. It ends on this cliffhanger where Sydney's like, I realize that my mother's alive. And then between episodes, Jack is... He's like, oh, yeah, I looked into it. She's totally alive. <laughs> I, I went to that room at Langley that's just full of... Oh, I went to... I, I broke into that... cabinets. <laughs> that forbidden <laughs> Yeah. 
And I just like thumb through them. Yeah. And, and then like, it's like back I, issues. And I went to talk to Sloan about it. And he's like, yeah, I lied to you. Your wife's alive. And it's like a whole episode's worth of plot rammed into the first five minutes. Yeah. And, he, and uh, Arvin's just like, what are you going to do? Are you going to drink about it? <laughs> drink about it. Sydney and Vaughn, they meet in their storage locker. Yep. Is there a goddamn cricket in there? Has there always been a goddamn cricket in that storage locker? I didn't notice. Was there? <laughs> How did you not notice that cricket? Some extra foliage. I think I've kind of like uh, tuned out like the storage locker aesthetic. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. How could you tune that out? It's so central to the show. Once I see a chain link fence, I'm like, all you're right. You're done? Yeah. Jeez, you're missing so much. There's all this great storage locker banter. <laughs> and Vaughn, he's like, I can't help you find your mom. He's like, help me find my mom. And he's like, I'm not going to help you find no, your there's, mom. No, what he said, there's even things that I don't have access to or that I don't know. Yeah, me is like a, a 30-year-old CIA middle management type. And so far, he's done everything in his power to like cross those lines and break down those ba- boundaries to get access to things that he doesn't have access to. I think... And uh, to break protocol, he's kind of like, oh, Yeah, right. like, like in the uh, last episode when they broke her out of... Uh, <laughs> Out of prison, basically. Or he's like, ah, fuck it. Let's break into the Vatican. Yeah. And I think that she's, you know, she takes him at his word. She yeah. His benefit of the doubt there. He's earned it. I hope so. I think he has. He's put his neck on the line more. He's, he's put his neck on the line. That's, that's the way you say that, right? That sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's put his neck on the line for her a lot. If he says he can't do it, he can't do it. But you stick your neck out. Stick your neck out. Yeah. You put your ass on the line? You put your ass on the line, you stick your neck out. All right. Uh, do the hokey pokey and you shake it all about. Final Frontiers fans, if, uh, <laughs> you can vote. It, well, if you know uh, what the actual common expression is, meaning to take a risk in order to assist someone else, please tweet at us at Final Frontiers. I know. I, I think you're right. I think it's you put your ass on the line or you stick your neck out for somebody. Maybe you, you could also stick your little butt on the line, I guess. Stick your tush. I, stick I your put tush my on tush line. on the line for you, mister. Oh, dear. That's embarrassing. And your mom lies to the principal for you. Man, my mom lies to everybody for me. Sydney shares this story about going camping and then hurting her leg and her dad carried her back. I think she just like made up a memory. That uh, she kind of stole from the bodyguard, starring <laughs> Kevin Costner, <laughs> when he used to. Yeah, remember when Kevin Costner was your dad and he carried you out of the... I remember we were struggling on this farm and he built this baseball diamond for me. <laughs> and all these great baseball players came back. That's the kind of dad he was. God, I- he loves baseball. Remember when Dad was an Elvis impersonator and he and some of his Elvis impersonator friends decided to steal from a casino? That's the kind of dad that he was. Remember when uh, he was also Superman's dad and then he uh, <laughs> he committed suicide by walking into a tornado, which is a real thing that happened in a Superman movie, which is insane. How many people do you think have committed suicide by actually walking into a, into a tornado? Oh, it's the perfect crime. It's, <laughs> it's uh, the perfect crime. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's oh, like faking free. your death after a, not to evoke, invoke 9-11 again, but it's like faking your death after a 9-11 type incident. You're just a missing person at that point. Oh. You could disappear. And uh, likewise, I think, how many depressed people do you think are living out in Tornado Alley? I don't know, all of them? It seems like... You can pin a rope to a, a rafter in your barn, or you could wait for the next twister to roll through. Just walk right into it. 
No one will miss you. See, I thought you meant like pin a rope to your rafter in the barn, and when the tornado pulls the rafter, <laughs> like the rope <laughs> whoops. <it's> <laughs> yeah, that's that's way more elaborate. But I, I like it. If you're gonna go, go big. I really like it, but way more elaborate than anything I had in mind. <laughs> yeah. She asks Fawn, "Remember feeling like your dad was the strongest man in the world?" Yeah, and then, he, and like, then no. she would always love you. <laughs> No, of course. Because your mom killed my dad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> God, he's such a he's always the bigger person. I'm glad that Sydney got fucked in this episode. Hopefully like clean out her pipes a little bit. She'll start hey. thinking sensibly. Hey. What? Easy. It's a little aggressive there. Look, I'm glad she got laid. We're all we all are. But for other reasons less than uh, There's a lot of weird fuzzy thinking going on with Sydney in these last few episodes and it's because she's all bound up wait 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 go back to so what after she gave that story to Vaughn what was his response uh, I don't remember he's just like Meh. <laughs> look I like I say I barely remember anything about this episode Sydney there is a CIA therapist that your father will be seeing why don't you go see him too I'm not your fucking dad I basically enter like an alias blackout when I start watching an episode and my only memory, really, of having watched it are my multiple pages of, <laughs> of detailed notes. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird fugue state that yeah, I enter. Annotated and collated. Sydney meets Arvin, what, at his home? That's where she meets Arvin, right? Sydney says, I want out of active duty. I take risk for SD6. It's time SD6 took a risk for me. Take a risk for me, SD6. Which, uh, why would she think that? I don't know. <laughs> That's not us by agencies, agencies work. Yeah. That's so not you, how anything works. It's okay. Hey, I, I, I come to work for 40 <laughs> hours a week at this paper company. It's about time this paper company worked for me. Yeah. It's like, no, that's what your paycheck's for. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the why agreement. That's why you're compensated for your time. You don't understand the basic idea of a contract that is employment. So, so you understand she needs to get laid so she can start thinking straight. Hey, listen, I think she just means that uh, with all the craziness going on, she's trying to, you know, she's trying. I think she's past the point of dealing with the fact that she hates Arvin. And hates his fucking guts. Yeah. I think Emily, his wife, helped humanize him a little bit. Because uh -huh. she's kind of seen the side of him that's taking care of her. And, you know, he, he's not an ass to his wife. He, yeah, he, he well, put, Not that we know of. Yeah, he puts the uh, chemo people on hold when they get invaded by uh, McKenna's Cole. Uh -huh. But other than that, he's on top of scheduling an appointments. He looks after her. He calls Sydney or talks to Sydney and asks her to go see her. Yeah. So I think that kind of brought that animosity towards him down mm -hmm. so now she's just trying to play up the fact that like hey like i just found out that my mother's still alive you are someone who's come to me held my hands in like a really weird manner and confessed that you've always seen yourself as my father so i think she's trying to play that card more speaking of which at the end of this scene how long does he rub her shoulder it's About just like 30 weird seconds. touches i think i have like bad touch arvin written down in my notes and he's also like close talking. It's just yeah. weird. Like well, he's good for close talking. It's Arvin. It's like not something you want from someone who claims to be a father figure because mm -hmm. that just sounds like grooming, right? Uh, like, yeah, I want you to like trust me and look up to me. I'm just gonna rub your shoulders. I'm just what? gonna get in close. What's the deal with this scene back at Sydney and Francie's where, where Will's making pancakes? 
chocolate chips and they're arguing over the chocolate chip pancakes it's a totally pointless scene <laughs> other than to say like hey will and francie are our bffs now really right like yeah like what's that about i oh i think i have them in my notes further down as the platonic duo i guess it's platonic i mean i don't oh i don't know like they're both kind of on the rebound right yeah and uh but no it's i don't know i feel like going tuxedo shopping that's uh, oh for his award his little yeah his little, his little statuette that he's gonna get for newspaper reporting yeah, good. What good for him? Yeah, for for two thousand two, it's the last one you're gonna get, buddy. SD six, SD six, SD six. Dwarf hands and dwarf <laughs> hives. Why? Why does he have hives? Why, why did they do this to him? What else could they do to? Him? He has hives for one scene, and then the next scene he's in later in the episode, they're cleared up. Yeah, he got the. Uh, he, he, he made himself his weird lorenzo's oil to yeah. fix his to fix his hives he fixed his hives because you can do that and uh dwarf hands giveth dwarf hands taketh away hives yeah. <laughs> not scoliosis <laughs> no there is no uh weird lorenzo's oil that you could make for scoliosis or, or if, for being not normal height <laughs> so what happens sydney and marcus they have to go to vienna well you uh kind of glossed over the Quid pro quo. The manipulation. Creepy, yeah, manipulation by Arvin was, yeah, I'll do a favor for you. I'll help you find your mom. Yeah. So uh, you're going to go, uh, Kazanov's her old boss. Yeah. FYI. <laughs> FYI. Yeah. Fancy that. And so they How's have, that for a twist? They got to go to this creepy eyes wide shut party in Vienna uh, wearing masks. I believe it's the titular masquerade. Uh, well, I learned that it's called the, the Maslenitsa celebration. Oh, isn't it an um, actual celebration? It's an actual celebration. It's basically the uh, Eastern Slavic equivalent of Carnival, mm. uh, a.k.a. Butter Week, Crepe Week, or <laughs> Cheese Fair Week. Is Vienna considered a Slavic state? No, but uh, it was being celebrated there yeah. for uh, uncertain reasons. Mm. The alliance, they voted against taking action against Kazanov. Correct. So this is an operation that's going on in defiance of the alliance's decision. Well, this, there is a thing with spy agencies. I, there's like fundamentally gap, untrustworthy. Fundamentally untrustworthy. Uh, foggy in terms of their directions and mm-hmm. what constitutes betrayal. Right. I think go to war was like we're if we see your people, we're gonna kill them. To go back to the old. Edward Poole's Cold War metaphor is a detente. So it's just kind of, all right, we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to like send our agents in to kill you. But what we're going to do is we're going to continue to gather information because that's pretty much what spy agencies do. do. Mm. So I think this is more of an, another one of those, like, well, we're just going to deal in stealing valuable information and selling it to people. And Kazanov's fair game. And at this uh, the stupid party, they're going to meet with a deep cover agent named Kyle Wexler. Mm-hmm. And they get there, and Sydney's wearing earrings that pulse infrared light. Which we get, we get the the flashback to dwarf hands, and he's like, "Check this out! You got these earrings that uh, invisible to the naked eye." He like, I love that uh, he loves to. Should we? Should we? Uh, you know, stop with the dwarf hands. I think you're. Are we? Are we decided that we're too cruel, and we should be nicer? Are we being cruel? Uh, I call him Marshall. Let's call him Marshall then. I mean, when it's convenient. <laughs> it's convenient. Like, say, Dwarf Hands has Dwarf Hives. <laughs> you don't pass that up. No, you don't. Or if you want to make reference to his normal-sized hands, <laughs> you don't pass that up. Normal hands. Yeah. What I like about Marshall is that he, 
models every like piece of jewelry every like glasses he shows you how you wear them he's like you're gonna wear them like this earrings you'll notice you they hang from your ear yeah he's really good yeah he's He's thorough thorough. yeah so sydney and marcus they're picked out of this uh, what do you call that dance floor yeah what do you that's a place where people dance right uh clearly yeah obviously why did i even ask fuck me right yeah Uh, dumbass she's picked out of the crowd by another guy who's who's like hey kyle's dead and uh (laughs) Well, so that's like your Will Tippin. Why doesn't Peter Berg fix his teeth? He's, <laughs> he's an actor. How does a, a working actor have such a pronounced weird lisp? Because it uh, it gives his char- it gives that actor like draw as an interesting character. He tells Sydney and I guess Marcus, like, uh, "Yeah, Kyle's dead. I'm his partner." Takes off the mask. We've already said Peter Berg. You know about Peter Berg? He's, he looked familiar. He's definitely an actor who's in things. <laughs> uh, oh, he's done some acting and in many projects. Well, I had that my is, that. one of my film professors was obsessed with uh, a John Dahl movie called The Last Seduction with Linda Fiorentino and Peter Berg, oh. uh, where he's sort of the the sucker male to uh, what have you to Linda Fiorentino's film seductress yeah so I became very familiar with Peter Berg just from this shitty movie Mm -hmm. that for some reason my film professor was obsessed is it shitty it's not it's I looked it up it's actually pretty well regarded Mm -hmm. I found it wildly overrated okay Um, would you say it's middling no it's just like it's like a sleazy like it's a cut above the typical late night Cinemax, not like Hot Springs Hotel, but yeah. like a uh, Joe Esterhousey, you like know, a Teach Me Tonight or something like that. Yeah, like a bare bottom prince of the erotic thriller kind of. It feels like a like a. a family I like to play games. Like yeah. yeah. So let me just say, the thirteen year old boy in me wants to say, yeah, it's just like a Cinemax movie without most of the skin. It's got plenty like, of skin, but not as much. No, I, I yeah, I guess not. I, don't I mean, it, it has its fair share. But Peter Berg, Peter Berg these days has a very healthy career, uh, making shitty action movies. Uh, he directed Hancock, starring in shitty action movies. Uh, oh, he's a no, director. Oh yeah, no, he's mostly known as a director now. Oh. He directed Friday Night Lights and developed the TV show. That is his thing mainly. Uh, that ain't nothing. No, that's incredibly well regarded and beloved. Directed Hancock, um, Battleship, the the <laughs> board game adaptation starring Rihanna, uh, Lone Survivor with uh, Marcus Wahlberg. Uh, he's an executive producer on Ballers and oh. The Leftovers. Uh, he directed a bunch of Leftovers. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's a very working. He spends a lot of time. He's spending a lot of time. He's uh, a big behind shot. the camera. Yeah. Yes, it looks more or less the same. But yeah, I just think of him as. Because of his appearances on Dinner for Five and things like that, I, I think of him as being like a, a very 90s actor Oh, he directed The Rundown, that movie with The Rock, and uh, I forget who else. The, uh, the Rock appears to be his muse. He's a lot of people's <laughs> yeah. muse. My note says that Peter Berg is like Christian Slater if Christian Slater never stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Alan on Christian Slater. <laughs> <laughs> this character, Noah Wexler, uh-huh. fucking loves his butterfly knife. Yeah. How many times does he use that butterfly knife? It's multi-purpose. It's a whip out my butterfly knife. Thank you. He like he cuts open his old partner's throat with it. Well, uh, first his tum- his tummy goes yeah. right for the uh, the old uh, 
food sack in his abdomen. Yeah. Let's check there first. He uh, uses it to, what, he cuts, he cuts down the balloon canopy? The, the balloon? Oh, yeah. He uses his butterfly knife for that, right? Yeah. But first, I, think you, I don't think you uh, mentioned that he, my quip was, he recognized Sydney despite the fact that she was wearing a blonde wig. Mm, very true. I mean, I guess, no, because they didn't know. He didn't know to suspect her. But I think that the joke is that, yeah, she's wearing a blonde wig. Like, who the fuck can't see through that? I like that Sydney, I think, to Marcus on the plane. She says, oh, their relationship was ancient history. And then we learned that it was five years ago. Yeah. Which, like, it makes you realize how young Sydney is. Mm, yeah. Because I and probably you, I have socks that are over five years old. Yeah. And they're in good shape. Yeah. Like, I have... I rotate them. I know, yeah. what, I, I know what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm an like, adult. I have multiple pairs of socks and underwear, certainly dress shirts, that are well over five years old, and they're in good repair. Five years is not a very long time. Yeah. Uh, but when you're 23 or whatever Sydney's supposed to be. Yeah. That's, uh, and then, that's a And uh, she, when she said, like, didn't you go to Berkeley? There was like an exchange. like where Yeah, he was recruited out of Berkeley. Right? Yeah. You were recruited young. And like, I was like, there's this whole like back and forth where they, she gradually, they gradually realized who they were to each other. Mm. I thought it was an instant recognition kind of thing. Wasn't it like, oh, didn't you go to, yeah, they recruited me out of Berkeley and you're the like, and boom. We know each other. Ah, ah. And, uh, but he explains. He was like, look, I didn't just disappear. I tried to contact you. You know, I wrote it in a junk mail. It's like, oh, I have a, uh, a filter that filters out junk mail. Well, she says that she's, oh. she always sets her computer to filter out I junk mail. I set email. my computer to no junk mail. I set my computer to filter out junk mail. That's like the modern equivalent of, I, I wrote it to your office. Like, I don't take mail in my office. Oh, that's where I screwed up. <laughs> No, I, but like, I, but still, kind of corny. Yeah, I don't think that he was uh, blowing her off. You don't think off. he was? I think you know, he, that's I mean, totally a lie. Like, yeah, I sent it to your junk mail. I sent it. In, I disguise it as a junk mail. I sent the check, but I didn't. Oh, I forgot to sign it. Ah, oh, that was the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, Lies. I, it's still. I guess the email filtering technology back in 2002 isn't what it is today <laughs> so i do remember a lot more a lot more junk email yeah junk got through she must be like most a, of it did yeah. yeah i don't know how she was able to set her computer to not get junk through i still get junk emails every once in a while back at la jack's real mad at arvin for violating his trust spilling the beans there Old Arvin spills the beans. He says, why don't you take a break from active duty? It's always been my pleasure to fill in when you were indisposed, like licking his lips. Just goes right to the fucking jugular. Ooh. No tit for tat, Ooh. only coup de gras. I like that. Yeah. I'm only coup, I'm the same way. Like, I go right to the coup de gras. Goddamn right you do. Yeah. Nobody could ever say that you go tit for tat. You, no, uh, no. you go for the coup de gras. I escalate. It's already been hinted at with Sydney back in the office. Just, oh, we didn't talk about Sydney and my dad having their weird, shouty argument in the parking garage. Like, you know, Arvin's going to want something from you. Right. You know that. And I'm like, isn't that fucking parking garage bugged? <laughs> like, doesn't it seem like, hey, you don't have this <laughs> shouting argument in the SD6 parking garage? And, and to flash forward a little, don't have that argument in a bar. Uh, don't just like be, (laughs) don't just like, like having your fingers do the walking through the archives of the CIA. (laughs) I broke into the CIA. There's, uh, there's clear daylight in the building coming through from outside. And I'm just like, uh, secret files, 
my wife. Uh, and uh, for some reason, none of that. Uh, why is Arvin so unhappy to see Noah? Isn't he like, Noah. who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, Peter Berg. Oh, because maybe Noah knows some things. Maybe he di- he uh, he disappeared not on uh, because of true love, but because he knew some shit. Because he had to obscure some shit. Was it uh, suggested that he disappeared because of true love? Well, that was his whole thing. To uh, he talks to the phantasm. Yeah, and he gets into the like. I had to leave. Like which. It- by the way, Angus is grim. He he is using an accent that's very European. Yeah, I owe you an apology. Angus is grim. Yeah. So he told Sydney like I had to get out. What, didn't he? What did he tell her on the airplane? Like I I had to leave. Mike, I was overwhelmed with my feelings towards you. He's telling that to Angus Grimm, to, to Angus Young. And like, his, I was in love. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Jack's at a bar. <laughs> Jack's at a bar. Spy Daddy drank. It's 2 p.m. How did you find me? I'm a fucking spy. <laughs> what did she say? Like, I looked at all the bars? Like, this was the close... Like, she did, like, some deduction. Like, I estimated the average distance between a bar and Credit Dolphine, and this one was within a radius. And, like, yeah, it's like, you're, yeah, this was the closest bar from the hey, office, man, you that fucking was, idiot. That was before Yelp. That was before Yelp. She did her research. <laughs> you had to walk outside the building you were at and look around for the nearest bar. <laughs> There's always one there. Yeah. Like, you could find on Yelp, and you learn, like, oh, the guy, like, he's an asshole. Gets a little loud at happy hour, but yeah. the fucking drinks are stiff, and they're kind of cheap. Sydney, she just gets a club soda, watching <laughs> yeah. her. Well, I was going to make a, a shitty joke, though, watching her figure. It's two in the afternoon. <laughs> well, what's her dad has, drinking? She has, like, three to four more hours of office work ahead of her. Yeah. What is Spy Dad drinking, do you think? Come? <laughs> <laughs> Uncalled for. Un uh, bad form, well, bad form, Matthew. Well, what do you think? Spy I think he's drinking. Drink. <laughs> I think I was like a whiskey drink, but that's because of the Mad Men effect that we have, oh. where every man in a suit now just drinks whiskey. But I don't know. I thought you were about to like quote a, Chumba Wumba. Yeah, well, Chumba Wumba is very appropriate. But if they had Chumba Wumba in the soundtrack, as they, he was they may it, have, we yeah, don't know. They took it out. This, like, could oh, be, no. this scene could have had Chumba Wumba all over it. Yeah, we have no idea. Because of Netflix. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. He also, you know, he's an adult. He knows how to fucking drink in the afternoon. And which could also be my interpretation of the Mad Men effect. That's true. And and also our own weird, <laughs> our own sad lives. professional lives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we find out that Sydney sold out Spied at the Devlin. Now he has to go t- speak to Patricia Wedig, Barnett. Yeah. What the hell? I'm going to find out. Got to find out about Curly's Gold. Which should be our nickname for secrets. <laughs> Or emotions, I guess. <laughs> Legends of Curly's Gold. I yes. don't want to talk about my Curly's Gold. <laughs> Will's in a rush to get this tuxedo on so we can get get to the award show. And he's like, I don't want to miss the previews. That's what this he says. This is a movie. No, what? they're going to a movie. Oh. Yeah. All right. So they've done their... I was very uh, tired. Not, <laughs> very bored of seeing Francie and Will no, talk I, bullshit. No, I love their their weird nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a, a, a B-plot. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, it's just B... Uh, yeah. All Second right. unit Never B-roll. We've got to fill some time. So they they're, weren't... They're getting ready to go to the movies. Okay. And... Well, I'm embarrassed. I was like, what the hell award show has previews? Yeah, she's like, oh, I can't go. i got to get ready. And he's like... I don't want to miss the previews. We're having this really cool platonic duo. This is our thing. You're not ready. Like, she she was not ready for the uh, basketball game to go see 
Monsieur Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Beefsteak. Rest in peace. <laughs> and Francie finds a ticket to Italy. Yeah. In uh, Sydney's coat pocket because she's Snoopy. And, and then she, I think she like took her coat. Like, oh, you know, yeah. they're, they're girlfriends. They borrow each other's Still. clothes. You, you, you borrow a coat. You don't look through the pockets. I think it's like almost, it, oh, in her defense, it's kind of. Uh, oh, like, this ought to be good. What do you, what's that word that I'm looking for? When they hit your leg. Reflex. Yes, it's a reflex. You put your hand in the pocket. You find something in the pocket you weren't expecting. You take it out and examine it. So although it's her friend's coat and she put her hand in, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, what's this? And then you take it out and you look at it. And it's like, oh, it's a ticket stub to Italy. Well, if she had an ounce of integrity, she would have <laughs> blindly put it right back in the pocket. Never thought about it again. Yeah, well, she an dated ounce. she dated a, a lawyer slash singer. That's true. Yeah. And uh, what good did that do her? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, a nice trip to Vegas, maybe? for the. Mo- <laughs> I bet she had to pay for a mo- it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A mostly nice trip to Vegas. Yeah, because he's in law school. And then he had works to go to Law a, Review. And he works as a singer. Yeah. What's a singer get paid? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, not even like, uh, like Cheryl Crow singing for Peter Gabriel. You get paid nothing. She did open for the Rolling Stones, though, so there was probably some buku bucks in that. I don't know. I bet you work for the experience. You work for the exposure. That's what they call <laughs> it now, right? So, uh, Cheryl Crow <laughs> opening for the Rolling Stones in 2002. They were like, hey, listen. It'll be good exposure. It'll be good exposure. It'll get your face out there. That was a great Mick Jagger you just did, by the way. Thank you. So what, they, they decode this microchip? That was in microchips here and there. Yeah, in, that was in, in that guy's Kyle's throat. throat. Yeah, and they learn that they have to steal the core from Kazanow's computer. It's pretty. It's mighty cold, because that computer is working on decoding other Rambaldi. Because it has like a, I don't know what. What's the what's past terabyte? Like uh, petabyte. Petabyte or even past that, like processing power. Oh. I actually looked it up. <laughs> 500 trillion calculations per second. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's call that. It's not clear if those are floating point operations. But let's Ooh, call, what's a floating point operation? Let's, let's call them teraflops. Okay. 500 teraflops. All right. PlayStation 4, computer in this room. It's capable of 1.84 teraflops. AMD, they, March of 2016. AMD? What's that? AMD. What's that? AMD. They're like Intel. Okay. Uh, Got it. Chip. Yep. Manufacturing. Uh, they made a 16 teraflop graphics board that's this year so i was i was gonna be a dick i'm like oh 500 teraflops yeah. like it's my phone can do that now because it's the future that's usually how it works with yeah. technology and tv shows from 16 years ago yeah but don't be a dick that was my lesson i was yeah. put in my place 500 teraflops we have supercomputers now that dramatically outstrip you know so, yeah, moral of the story is don't be uh, some cocky dick from the future. Things yeah. from the past can still be fast. I'll put a pin on my wanting to know more about modern supercomputers yeah, save it after the podcast. Sa- we'll save it for our other podcast. <laughs> supercomputers? Where are they now? It's like, oh, it's just it's still a fast computer. It's just not as fast. Yeah. Well, it's, That's the, the, the fate of Bose computers. It's like, oh, now it's, uh, it's doing processing. It's like That's, the operating uh, system isn't as At like University nice. of Washington. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it, it's all like command line. <laughs> Marcus is sitting this one out. I don't know why. Is Peter Berg just going to be part of the team now? I don't. Um, I guess what he had special information, didn't he? Like because he was the. Uh, That's, he did. His cover was like uh, true, but... Envoy or what was his cover? Uh, his like code name. 
No, uh, he was like the a diplomat. Wasn't that his cover? Why he was spying on K Directorate? I don't know. You don't know. No. Look at your gut. Look at. I look. didn't write that down. It didn't seem relevant to a fun conversation about oh. Alias. But it, well, you've been proved wrong, haven't you? Yeah. We find out that the core has to be held in a unit that's halfway to absolute zero, and this computer is an archangel. Archangelsk. Like in Goldeneye. Arch and Glass? Is that an arch arch and glass? It's pretty close to Finland. Which I don't uh, really associate with like the Eastern Bloc, but it's it's knocking on the back door. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> like Noah's gonna be at the end of this episode. Hey. Hey. Oh. Hey. Did we gloss over the sex scene? No, that's very end. Okay. We got a sex hanger. <laughs> a sex hanger? Yeah. yeah. About fucking time. A fuck hanger. <laughs> episode eighteen, the fuck hanger. But yeah, it's an arch angle. Arch and glass. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's how it's pronounced. Uh, but it's a uh, Arkenglask. Well, it was pronounced in a way that like, I had to like I typed it wrong the first couple of times I looked it up. Like in Goldeneye, which I didn't realize it was a real place. Wait, you're saying like in Goldeneye, not as no? It's the same a simile, but it's the same place. It's the same. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a huge region. Not huge, but it's a very large re- region in Russia. Okay. But I. I don't know why I assumed it was fictional. I guess just because the name is so badass. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a, it's Archangel, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, kind of Russian-y or whatever. Does Spy Dad put the moves on Barnett? No, he's doing more of this. Uh, he's telling her what she wants to hear. So she'll, like, back off. And she comes back with, don't try to mansplain therapy to me. I know what you're doing. Like, you're going to have to fucking actually talk about your uh, your problems here. He's been talking for hours. She doesn't believe a word of it. No. And uh, he's pretty uh, defensive about it. Yeah. As it turns out, being a woman, it's as good as being a male spy. <laughs> when it comes to bullshit and yeah. uh, detecting, uh, well, her job is her job is to talk to CIA agents all fucking day, so she knows how their life is. So he makes that case of like, you don't know what it's like to have to do what I do, and it's like, yeah. I do, because I fucking talk to you guys. I've been trained. It's not like they throw you into to therapy as a, a CIA therapist, and they, they, you have no idea uh, what those people are doing. It's like, yeah, you know exactly what they're doing. They're living double lives. They're being duplicitous. They're carrying on in such ways that no one can tell what's real and what's not. So when you try to do that to them, they're like, yeah, you're, you're clearly fault. You're a good spy. That's not going to cut it in therapy, buddy. So Noah and Sydney. They're walking in, uh, I don't know, the woods. In the woods. <laughs> and, and Sydney, my feet hurt. My feet hurt. That has to be Jennifer Garner's just her natural speaking voice, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, I that's, think our, our I think our faux exaggerated southern accents were added for for our just for our mutual entertainment just now. Yeah, and what happened? This whole thing. I swear to God, I had to rewind this about five times because I kept falling asleep. Yeah, uh, I was pulling hair out of my thighs to try to stay awake and i i kept waking up uh at the netflix screen being like god damn it this is the bad thing about uh people not smoking anymore there's not any lighters so you can't just like hold a lighter for a couple of seconds uh lit and then once it's like you let go and the flame is out just put it to your leg so the heat kind of just wakes you up um i think you could still do that also that seems rather extraordinary not really. Doesn't seem necessary. I didn't say like you just put a, an open flame to your body. Still, I guess you can like run the put the put the stove on and then put your hand on top of it after a while. 
Well, you could also just use a lighter. You don't need to smoke. Uh, you could be a guy who loves to shoot off fireworks. You always have a lighter on you. Put on some candles and listen to Enya. You could be a casual arsonist. I'm a casual Enya listener. No, oh, who isn't? This whole thing in Russia is so boring. Dragging you down? Yeah, they. I or at least that's how I felt last night because I kept falling asleep. Well, I guess maybe it, like to go back to your Goldeneye thing. It was very Goldeneye, kind of like the very beginning of Goldeneye when Alec and uh, James are sneaking in. Yeah, and it gets cold with those big canisters. Yeah. and uh, Oromov uh, shoots it up. Um, so they they pretend to be tourists. Mm-hmm. They have a camera that has like a flash grenade inside of it. Yeah, so there's a pretty big gamble on thinking that these assholes wouldn't just take your glasses away. That you just right. like I uh, MIB'd onto your face just in time <laughs> to knock them out. How does that work? Is the light just like I don't know puts them into a seizure like a, a Japanese Pokemon cartoon? Yeah. Well, I mean, why why go through all that when you could just spray your knockout banaka? Yeah, or you can just punch them really yeah. hard. We saw that earlier when that we kind of glossed over like the it's, it's easy to gloss over like like the aliasness of the show when they first meet the someone walks into that that room they're like you can't be here this is off guard mm-hmm. and like they're making out and like hey I told you you can't be here and then they're like oh I don't know and then boom they like kick the people out mm. like that type of shit um, I can't imagine why they didn't just do that type of thing where once they get there they're like oh we're just tourists and then like kick to the face mm kick to the crotch it's over like they could have both done that i don't see why they had to bring in a flash camera and it's not even like uh it looks cool like yeah, it's from just, it from, just, a pr- from a production standpoint it seems like it just seems like men in black because they put on sunglasses and then a large flash knocked people out but unlike men in black alias and kai not kyle noah, noah. sydney and noah put on weird protective suits and go but, underground yeah and uh, but before they get really get to work, she looks up some information. She on her types mom. in her mom, yeah. And gets so a bunch of weird types in spy mom. And yeah, she gets, a, gets a bunch of garbage on a computer. Yeah, like oops. And uh, she gets knocked over by a robot arm. Yeah, <laughs> cracks her <laughs> yeah. her helmet. I call it the core extraction mini game. Oh, we got to play this game of claw. You got to mm-hmm. put twenty five cents into the computer. And then you'll get three tries to try to get the core out. But this scientist who's, uh, who's pretty pretty ballsy with a gun to his head <laughs> just like swings the arm into her. I guess that arm maybe has about, I don't know, like what's the moment? How fast could it be going? Uh, like two miles an hour at that. So it must have a weight of like, I don't know. Heavy arm. Like 27 tons to effectively well, it, <laughs> knock it, you down with that. I could see how if you weren't expecting it. And it's uh, it's cold in there, right? Maybe yeah, maybe it's yeah, maybe the yeah the suit's kind of bulky. Just yeah, she's already off balance. Yeah, cut her some slack. Okay, Jeez. fine. And then uh, you're the one that's like, I don't know. Maybe because uh, she hadn't gotten laid, uh, she just got knocked right over by that metallic arm. You know what? I wasn't gonna say it because you scolded me so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what you that's, wanted. To, that's that's exactly what you wanted to say. I, wasn't it? That's exactly what I think happened. That if this happened, uh, if she was in a similar situation. In next week's episode, she would have seen that arm coming behind her and like done an alias little spin kick on the yeah. thing. You know why? Because her pipes are clean and she's thinking fast. That's why James Bond gets all up to his sex. Boom, bingo, bango. I was going to say, you try to kill a James Bond with a fucking tarantula, fucking snake. Does that stop him? No, because he's fucking 
Pipes are clean. Pipes are clean. Yeah. Back in L.A., well, in France, you getting dinner, I guess, after the movie. Mm-hmm. What movie do you think they saw? 2002. Is this May, April? Around? Yeah. Maybe they saw the first Spider-Man. It maybe. would have been time to see Spider-Man. Yeah. That's maybe they were true. just fucking pissed at how fucking weird that movie was. No, they were pissed at how awesome it is. Yeah. Oh, I loved... Did you like that movie? Everybody liked that I movie. I saw that movie in the theater, and I was high. And I, it pissed... You know how hard it is to get pissed off when you're high? Uh, I know how hard it is to get pissed off at watching the first Spider-Man oh, movie, which it, everyone loves. It pissed me off. And then you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. No, I think we all knew. It's like I saw what was going to happen in Spider-Man 3 ahead of time. It was the Chronicles of a Spider-Man 3 foretold when I watched that movie. And I was like, I know where this is going. God, you're like Spider-Man is like Rambaldi for you. Yeah. You saw all this crazy 2007 shit. Yeah. And, uh... In 2002. I kind of did. I just didn't like it that much. I was like, well, what's Topher Grace doing? <laughs> what's Topher Grace doing? What about Ron Howard's daughter? No. Which one? Bryce Dallas. Doesn't he have two daughters? He has more than one child, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I know he's got one in, uh, in Spider-Man 3. Okay. She plays Gwen Stacy. The safe house. Mm-hmm. Is that the same set as the other safe house in uh, in Bulgaria or whatever? The same safe house in the first Terminator. Well, the, in the one with the what's his name with the yellow skies? Uh, I don't recall. You know, the Scottish actor. Yeah, it looks like the exact same cabin. I didn't I go back to rewatch. Yeah, but. I honestly don't remember the. It probably is. I don't remember. I remember you know they broke him out and she claimed that he like jumped to his death, but I don't remember the safe house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. That's kind of sad that that's my last note. So that's where you jump to? You uh, don't jump to? She gets knocked down. Her face glass starts cracking. And then all of a sudden, she's like passing out. So is it because oxygen is moving from a high pressure area to a low pressure area? So she's losing oxygen? That makes well, sense, right? What do you mean? So she gets knocked down yeah. by the claw minigame. Uh-huh. And her, gra- her the glass on her mask cracks. And she's right. like, oh, oh, my. Like she like, loses consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's not just because of she hit her head when she fell down? I thought it was just... No. Because... Or like from the arm hitting her? Yeah. No, I don't know. I thought it was trying to... I thought it was trying to convey that like, oh, it's that absolute zero times 10 times it's, teraflops. It's, it's halfway to absolute zero. It's halfway to absolute zero. So you know how that works. So you're just going to die when your glass starts halfway cracking. Halfway from what to absolute zero? Teraflops? Halfway to absolute zero. What... Halfway from where? Halfway to absolute zero. Like, it's like, whoa, what's the hottest thing? Fire? Yeah. So, I guess halfway between fire and absolute zero. It's pretty cold, right? What does that mean, halfway to absolute zero? I guess from room temperature is what they would expect you to... Well, wait, wait, wait how, so it's, it's pretty cold to colder? <laughs> it's, that's what they're saying. So, if it's halfway to absolute zero, that's pretty cold. Absolute zero is the coldest. It's it's incredibly cold. It's incredibly cold. But but it seems like halfway, adjectives and measurements have no meaning when it's if, this cold. If it's halfway to absolute zero from room temperature, that's incredibly cold. If it's halfway to absolute zero from the temperature of the sun, uh, that's probably a lot warmer than uh, no. Than I think room ha- temperature because I think half uh, absolute zero is uh, is going to be the constant. So if you're halfway away from it it's always gonna, it's still gonna be fucking cold no but it's it, it, you it needs to be a halfway point between oh between two points oh that's so, true so what's the other point it has to be room temperature room temperature that would be my layperson's assumption but i don't know hmm. 
Anyway. Uh, Kurtzman oh, yeah. and Orchie got to connect these dots for us, fellas. While you're, you're too busy connecting other dots that aren't relevant to alias or reality. Me? Or, uh, you, or the Kurtzman and Orchie. Yeah, I'm talking about their 9-11 conspiracy bent. I don't know. We've got a love interest now. Who gives a shit about conspiracies? Uh, Fuck page 47. I'm, no, I'm talking about fucking 9-11. No. Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're 9-11... Uh, Truther? Well, what's the... What is their Coincidence theory? Coincidence, coincidence theorists. Yeah. They're coincidence theorists. Like I say, they're connecting those dots. Why don't you connect some of the dots in your... Uh, in your goddamn television program. Gee, but you should be embarrassed. Yeah. And I'm going to take it to the internet where uh, you guys love to play and... Uh, <laughs> where you love to play? Yeah, they, they, they start fights with fans on message boards all the time. Do they really? Yeah, or Orchie does. I think Kurtzman Orchie. tries to be above it. Okay. But Orchie's got that hot Latin blood, so he's uh, <laughs> hey. he causes fights. Um, I'm going to fight you over that. No, you won't. <laughs> nah. You'll agree. I'm so, just, I'm so lazy and tired. I think I'm just going to take a nap under a big Sonora cactus. That sounds lovely. Yeah. You don't have to be Mexican to enjoy that. You can just be tired. Was there anything about Mexican? Well, I did. Yeah. That's that's Clearly. on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this last scene, the fuck hanger, it was originally soundtrack to Dream On by Depeche Mode. Really? Uh, I think so. Because the actual song, I, I typed out the lyrics... I couldn't find the lyrics. Could you? So we both had the same... Well, I, I wrote them from the captions. Okay. Which were, don't want to, 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 no Do sudden wanna. moves. Yeah. Which aren't the lyrics to Dream On by Depeche Mode. <laughs> Are uh, you sure? I'm pretty sure. So they they replaced it again. I like that we're getting this weird, incomplete picture of, of Alias Season 1. I think that when we do our second run through, yeah. uh, maybe we'll buy it on DVD. You think so? No. No. Yeah. No. Looking at you like, oh, you think we will. <laughs> that, that suggests some type of split. Uh, what do you mean split? Like we're going to we'll split the cost of the DVD. Oh, no. I, don't, I, I wasn't suggesting wait, that wait, at all. Wait, wait. Do you think if we... Yeah, you would buy it and then I'll just borrow it. What if we purchase the episode from Amazon Prime and watch the digital? Do you think it would be different? I'd be, willing, I'd be willing to test that because I thought about that just in terms of my own commute home like oh i could just watch this on my commute Mm -hmm. and like type up my notes after if the amazon prime or the amazon video download is in hd Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) no that kind of that that is kind of my it's part of why i haven't bought the uh the complete rambaldi box because it's not it's not an hd i don't think so it's not a blu-ray box i don't think it's blu-ray i think it's just dvd standard definition or widescreen i'm sure it's widescreen i'm sure it's 16.9 never never assume that it's going to be widescreen i'm quite certain it's 16.9 but still i'd rather be dead yeah uh i I watched it on a 100 inch projected thing well i i could i'll eat the cost of the probably like three ninety nine or a dollar ninety nine. If it's three ninety nine for an episode, for an episode, alias that's fucking crazy. And I'll it's it should be. Don't look it up now. Why not? It should be twenty five dollars a season max. Twenty a season a season max. Oh, that's all. Let's just look at the old Pri- Amazon right. Prime. Let's wrap this up. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess next week we have to look forward to. Uh, Episode 19. I'm uh, not going to ask. I have it. no idea. I actually I, don't know. I did. Uh, Noah's going to be listening. Snowman. To s- I think it's Snowman. S- oh. Uh, all right. Episode 19 of Alias. It is Snowman. I was right. Snowman. I'm assuming it'll open with Noah prying his sweaty, weird body off of Sydney. <laughs> Why and, is it and weird? Her, 
I don't know. It's probably all just fucked up. It looks like it would be. He looks like a guy who would have a lot of scars. A bunch of scars and from people cutting open his throat and taking rings out of it. Yeah, that's where he got it, that butterfly knife. Somebody Quid, left it in him. Quid pro quo. Yeah. Uh, episode 20 of Alias. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so hopefully after Noah pulls his weird body off of Sydney in the first 30 seconds of next week's episode, <laughs> uh, it's going to be like limitless with Sydney pipes clear, just thinking so fast. She already knows everything about, uh, you know, blood platelet levels and heart size. And yeah, maybe that was part of the prophecy. Like, we'll figure out like, oh, if she looked at the stupid mountain. Yeah. Like, she's definitely uh, not going to bang some guy with a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. But if she does, If she oh, bangs man. anyone, he's going to have perfect clear diction like Victor Garber. Yep. And that's. That's kind of weird. That's, on page 47. That's on page 47. She yeah. does her dad. Ew. No. Her mom does. Oh. So until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Final Frontiers. Or you can send us an email, finalfrontierspod at gmail.com. Or uh, do us a favor. I feel like I have an obligation now to uh, ask you to rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Don't read a lot of... You don't of, have to write comments on it. You just, just put like the lazy-ass star review. Like five it's a, like stars. Like it's an Uber driver. Yeah. And uh, I'll write you five stars if I can do such a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll be good. There's um, some quid pro quo for you. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so until next week, I'm Matthew. <laughs> and I'm Mitchell. All right. Bye. Hey everyone, just a reminder that when we recorded this episode, we were called Final Frontiers. Now we're called Here Come the Warm Gents. Bit of a mouthful, but that's okay. Uh, So bear with us. Thanks for listening and uh, have fun.